1997, I was a roadie for the Rolling Stones. I was 22 years old. I'd been doing road work for a little over a year. I'd done all kinds of things. Ozfest, Lilith Fair, Last Chance Summer Dance with NSYNC, Lollapalooza, Doobie Brothers, Engelbert Humberdink. On and on the list goes, etc., etc. But the Rolling Stones, that was the fucking holy grail of roadie work. Motherfuckers came out of retirement to work that shit. Everybody wanted to be a roadie for the Rolling Stones. So when they came to town and they were asking around, they said they needed some more people for the crew, man. I jumped on. The stage for the Bridges to Babylon tour that year was the largest stage in rock and roll history. Just over 90 feet tall. It was built in a giant factory in Belgium, and the engineers that designed it and fabricated lived there and slept and ate in the factory, and they lived with those stages. They were there since birth, for all I know. And, and when those stages traveled and crisscrossed the whole world in a logistical nightmare, making the tour work smoothly, little pods of Belgian guys were with each stage telling the other 70 chuckleheads what to do, and I was one of the chuckleheads. Simultaneously, U2 was doing the Pop Mart tour. You may recall the single giant golden arch on their stage, making it the biggest rock and roll stage in rock and roll history, over 90 feet tall. I know, it's weird. They were built by the same Belgian company and staffed by the same crew of dudes that I was with. So you're doing U2 one night, and then you drive a couple days, and you go do the Rolling Stones in another town, and then you go drive a couple days, and you do U2 in another town, and... You had to show up at this hotel on a certain day to get on the list. And you show up, and they'll pay you three gas receipts when you get there. I don't know. Something must have happened to make it so they only pay three of your gas receipts. So make sure you fill up. Don't just top that shit off. Three gas receipts. You get your key to your room. It was always three dudes to a room. We would get the whole hotel. The entire crew would take over a hotel in, let's say, Fort Worth, Texas. And we had every room, and it was three guys to a room. And the youngest, most innocent guy, which was always me, had got the blanket on the floor or the trundle bed, depending. We'd have the whole hotel, and we'd have a room where the escorts were, and they had business cards. And I was a young, innocent, and handsome roadie, and I didn't have any need for escorts, and they recognized that, and they didn't even give me a business card. And there's another guy following us from town to town, and he'd set up in a hotel room, and he had lots of drugs for sale and we'd pass on to each other what room he was in and then you'd go down there and you'd go shopping it was like a very smoky drug depot and we rolled that way from city to city and I made a bunch of great friends so you were oh here was the other thing I wanted to say on the days you worked you got three catered meals from their they had a catering company on site and it was awesome food and you pigged out because on the days you didn't work you didn't eat you just drank so on these days you didn't work, you're drinking, you're making excellent friends. You know, nothing brings guys together like hunger and alcohol. And I made a, a couple very close friends, Sean Donner, who uh, I'm still in touch with to this day. He was a long-haired, gentle soul, hippie guy with a big plate in his head. <laughs> his best friend was Sean Johnson from Atlanta, Georgia. And he looked like a teenage Lando Calrissian. And he talked like Andre 3000. And that was in 1997. Andre 3000 wasn't even around. We were like, wow. This guy's amazing. So I hooked up with those dudes. And we were like, we took a little side trip from the uh, Rolling Stones tour. We went back to Atlanta where their hometown was. And we did uh, Fleetwood Mac, the dance tour in Atlanta. And I was watching from backstage as Stevie Nicks took off her shawl and she let it drift off into the security pit during one of them weird songs. And 
it floated down into the mud, and I kept watching that shawl, and nobody came back for it. And then breakdown came, and I came out, and it was still sitting there, and I picked it up, and I tied it around my neck. I figured some manager would come, give me that, and I had to give it back, but nobody ever did. And I just carried that shit around, went the shift, and I ended up bringing that shawl home and gave it to my mom in Minnesota for Thanksgiving. The only person pissed about that was my aunt. Oh, she read my ass. So the Rolling Stones are doing a show Thanksgiving night in Minneapolis, where most of my family lives. We buzz up from Atlanta. I got the shawl from Stevie Nicks. We do the whole setup. It's a three-day setup to get the stage all built. You know, we're hanging out. And Thanksgiving night comes. The Rolling Stones are playing the Metrodome. We had watched the show every time, and I will say the Stones were better every time I watched them. They were loosening up, or the drugs were kicking in, or the, 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 the lidocal shots, or whatever they're putting in Keith's knees, kicking in. But, uh... That on Thanksgiving night, I said, you guys, let's not watch the show. Let's go have Thanksgiving dinner at my grandma's house. So I brought Donner, and I brought Sean, and we hooked up with my buddy Toke, who you've never seen anybody like this guy, Toke. I swear to God, he's six foot six, crazy Muppet hair. One eye was bigger than the other, and he had green teeth. I had never actually seen green teeth. It was like he was always eating spinach. You'd always meet him five minutes after he ate a bunch of spinach. And we had Sparrow was with us. She had her own car. So we're like, yeah, come, come have Thanksgiving with us, Sparrow. And she was like one of them tough. You know, there's a very archetypical type of female who hangs out on a road crew and a rock and roll tour. I'm sure you can imagine. We go have grand Thanksgiving dinner at my grandma's house. It's wonderful. My grandma prepares her uh, Norwegian favorite five different kinds of meat and then some potatoes on the side. We have a fantastic Thanksgiving dinner. It's a wonderful blessing. But we got to get to Detroit for the next show. we got to be at the hotel the next day in Detroit to make our check-in. So we leave directly from my grandma's house, and we start driving to Detroit. I'm in the rental car, the Dodge Intrepid that Donner's mom was nice enough to sign off for because none of us had uh, old enough, I guess. And Donner's next to me, Toke's in the backseat, and Sparrow and Sean Johnson are in her blazer. We're driving through Clinton County, Wisconsin at 3 in the morning on Thanksgiving night in 1997. We get pulled over by the troopers. They're the sheriffs in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. She knocks on, the female trooper knocks on Sparrow's car window. Sparrow rolls it down. Female trooper says, uh, I thought I saw you go over the yellow line. Have you been drinking? And Sparrow politely turns to her and says, I've been sober five fucking years. You want to call my sponsor? <laughs> turns out the cop did not want to call her sponsor. But she did want to search our cars. And Wisconsin is a zero-tolerance state. So three, ele- three arrests later... Me and Toke and the five troopers are standing there talking. Toke had dropped all his stuff in a little rip in his jacket. and I had my weed stuffed in a tape case on the floor with like 100 other tape cases. and I had a little 10 strip of acid wedged in a book on the seat next to me. And the cops let us follow him back to town. We get back to town. It's like 6 in the morning. We got to wait for the office to open at 7. We had enough cash to bail out Sparrow. Sparrow had a credit card. She bailed out Donner. But they would not let Sean Johnson go. They kept him on a warrant for breaking and entering out of Atlanta, which later turned out to be a clerical error, and they held him in jail for over a year, and he missed Christmas with his kids, and I still don't like Wisconsin. (laughs) Later that day, we're driving into Michigan over the Mackinac Bridge, and it's a beautiful sunny day, and we're flying in this car, and we're surrounded by cops. I am seeing them everywhere, and in Michigan, they got the big keystone copper bulbs on top, and literally, they are everywhere around our car all the time, and I'm really freaking out, and I turn to Donner, and I said, hey, Donner, man, I got to get rid of this acid, man. He says, hey, man, you're going to throw it out the window? I said, hell no, man. I'm going to take that shit. <laughs> so 30 hours 
after I woke up. Some of those hours were Thanksgiving dinner. Some of those hours were building a stage for the Rolling Stones. I dropped 10 hits of acid in the cab of a very small rental car driving into Michigan. I don't know if you've ever taken acid, but I went off like a rocket. Woo! A couple hours later, we're rolling into Detroit. I'm crawling in there like a laboratory monkey. I shit you not, Detroit Rock City comes on the radio. I was twisting that volume knob till it was about to twist off there. I was smoking that thing. I want to feel the music. We roll up into the Ramada Inn in downtown Detroit, and due to another clerical error, I ended up with an executive suite all to myself with a California split king bed and an entertainment system and a four-foot-by-four-foot window sliding over over downtown Detroit City. I leaned out, and I said, I don't think you know how important we are. We're fucking roadies for the Rolling Stones. After that, but wait, there's more. So we had to, uh, we did the show in Detroit. We had to take the rental car back to Atlanta. I'll, I'll hurry up, I'll hurry up. We take the show back. We got one more show in Atlanta with the Rolling Stones. We drop the rental car off. I say goodbye to all my newfound friends. I get on a Greyhound bus and I cruise back to Minneapolis. My dad picks me up at the Greyhound station. He was very disappointed that I was $400 in the hole. <laughs> he was very disgusted that I'd somehow sprouted dreadlocks all over the back of my head from sleeping on floors and using Dr. Bronner's for shampoo. But I know he's a little bit jealous because he said to me before I had the chance to say it to him, I bet you do that shit all over again. <laughs> 